My name is Gabby Jimenez. Welcome to Old Patrol HQ podcast. Best job I ever had. Honor first. Greetings and welcome to episode 23 of the Old Patrol HQ podcast. I'm your host, Gil Maza. This podcast is dedicated to celebrating and preserving the history, heritage, and legacy of the Old Patrol through the words of those who lived it, with a few shenanigans along the way. In celebration of Women's History Month, we talk with Gabby Jimenez, class 1036 out of Artesia. She started out in Laredo North, then transferred to McAllen, and is now a supervisory instructor at the academy. Oh, did I mention that she comes from a family of Border Patrol agents, starting with her father and her brother, and is now married to a PA. She took up the legacy and carved her own place with a solid reputation as a field agent and the respect of her peers. And we have her story here exclusively at Old Patrol HQ. Honor first, honor always. Good morning, Gabby, and welcome to the Old Patrol HQ podcast. Good morning. Happy to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. So I'd like to always start out by asking the people that I interview how you got started in the patrol. Well, how you got interested in the patrol? Okay. Well, my father was a Border Patrol agent. He was part of Class 174. So for me, I was pretty much raised in the Border Patrol. My whole life revolved around, I've only lived on the border. I'm a border town baby. Lived in Laredo, lived in El Paso, lived uh-huh. in, uh, in Bellingham, Washington. So my whole life pretty much revolved around Border Patrol. And so I knew at an early age that this is what I wanted to do. My dad loved his job. I mean, this man lived for his job. He was always so happy to go to work. Uh, every time he would tell me stories about work. He, uh, I used to watch him, you know, polish his brass and polish his boots every day. So these are all little little highlights that I I just remember, you know, growing up and watching it, and I'm like, man, that sounds like the coolest job in the world. <laughs> what's, and, your, uh, what's your dad's name? Uh, my dad is Ramon Nunez. Okay. And I remember growing up, we used to go on road trips when we used to live in Washington. We're, we're originally from El Paso, and we would drive from Washington to El Paso, and my dad would let me ride in the front seat for a little while, and he'd give me a map. And he would tell me, he knew the route, you know, he memorized the route, but he would get them, he would tell me to get a map and then he would ask me, okay, which route do we need to take? You know, what highway do we need to take? And then he would tell me, okay, close your eyes right now and tell me if you were lost right now, what large landmarks would you use to help me find you? So he would always do these weird Mm. little tests to me growing up. And, and I didn't really think about it. I just thought, like, you know, I was just bonding with my dad. But now that I'm in the Border Patrol, I realize that these were all things. In a way, he was kind of teaching me how to be an agent since I was a little kid. <laughs> so you had FPOs right from the from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, he would even, <laughs> my dad used to be a handler. And uh, on Saturdays, he we had Belgians growing up. We had, like, five of them. And my dad would take my sister and I on Saturdays, more Saturday mornings to the park, and yeah. he would like teach us how to train our dogs. And we had to take it very seriously. We weren't allowed to joke around, and you know, he would run us through basically canine handler school, you know, and and he'd make us, you know, train our dogs how to sit, how to lay down, how to you know heal, and all that stuff. And so I think without knowing, my dad was training a little border patrol agent. <laughs> They, if uh, if you or your brother got lost, did the other one have to cut sign to go find you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and and it's funny because my dad never said, you know, you guys should be Border Patrol agents. He never said that. And then my brother ended up joining the Border Patrol, and then I joined the Border Patrol. And I think my dad was just, you know, he was just so in awe that his children decided to follow his footsteps, you know. Yeah, what's your brother's name? Uh, my brother is Marcus Nunez. And and he's a supervisor, right? Where at? No, he's a he was a border patrol agent, but now he's with ICE. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So I'm the only one left. <laughs> ah. All right. But uh, but that's pretty much how I got started in border patrol. I mean, I I knew, like I said, at an early age, I wanted to join border patrol, but my dad wanted me to finish school. Like what, um, high school or or, or college? No, to to finish college, he wanted me to go to college. 
pretty much her and my, and my mother, they told me, whatever you want to do with your life, just make sure that you go to college. Mm-hmm. And so we all went to college, and then my brother went to Border Patrol, and then I went to Border Patrol. What did you end up majoring in college? So, <laughs> that's also a funny story. <laughs> so, I was a marketing major, and Border Patrol was hiring. And I hadn't seen them hire in like a few years. So I asked my dad if it was, it was my senior year. I asked my dad if it was okay if I applied for Border Patrol. So he's like, well, he's like, you're a senior. It's pretty close. He's like, if you can make it work, you know, go for it. So I applied for Border Patrol my senior year. I got called early. So I had to change my major from marketing to sociology so mm-hmm. that I could finish online. And while I was at the academy, I was taking four college courses what yeah <laughs> so i didn't i was already senior i didn't want to lose uh any semesters so i decided to take on four classes while i was at the academy wow. and then i was able to double major with sociology criminal justice and then a minor in business administration and a minor in economics you know nobody likes to show off <laughs> My gosh, when the rest of us are barely struggling, like my biggest problem was law, right? And I, you know, and I barely got by on on law, and here you are taking college courses at the academy. I honestly, if you ask me right now how I did it, I couldn't even tell you how I did. Probably a blur, huh? Uh, yes, I mean, it was. I did all my homework on Saturdays. I took all my quizzes, all my homework, all my assignments. I did them all on Saturdays. Um, so that I could focus on Border Patrol the rest of the week. But it was definitely all up to just time management and discipline, pretty much. But I did it. <laughs> wow. Well, that brings us into how the Academy went for you. That Obviously, you know, that was quite a challenge and a big part of it. But tell us about your experience at the Academy. What Was it, you know, were you a better prepared, you think, at all? Or was it a, a surprise to you? And, you know, what what, what was it like to, for you there? I think that I was mentally prepared because I played sports, you know, I played like competitive sports, so I was used to being yelled at and being pushed. And then, you know, my dad made me mentally tough. Him and my mother helped me become mentally tough. But the thing that was challenging for me was I had no prior law enforcement, military experience. So really everything that I learned at the academy, I had to I had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you learn a certain way to drive, they teach you the opposite. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, PT was fun for me. I did enjoy PT. Um, I, I liked to run and all that stuff, so that was fun for me. Uh, firearms, you know, I had only shot a firearm so many times in my life. My dad did teach me how to assemble and pre-assemble, you know, the M4 and the pistol and stuff like that. So I was a little bit familiar with it, but not that familiar. And then just in general, I mean, the law enforcement aspect of it, it was, like I said, I just had to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. It was all new to me. Mm-hmm. But it was fun. I, I, I mean, I, I had a blast. Even though I had school and the academy, I mean, I still made time to enjoy it. I walked away from the academy with lifelong, you know, brothers mm-hmm. um, and sisters so, I mean, I, I loved it. It was definitely a highlight of my life. <laughs> yeah, did, uh, did everybody pass? Or how, how, or, or how many people, do you remember how many people actually did not make it through the academy? Yes, we had a class of 30, and we had six fail. Six failed. And did you, uh, how many uh, female agents did you have there with you? We had six females, and we had three fail. Okay. okay. So, three of us graduated. But uh, at the time, I think there was... Maybe three classes, three or four classes that had females in it, and there was maybe like no more than than six females per class. Well, it was pretty small. pretty small because I think my class had like fifty five, fifty eight people. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess I think they divided up the classes because there was a class only a week ahead of us. So I'm thinking that they, because all the classes were about 30, they, none of them were, were huge classes. So I think they just made them into smaller, smaller classes. And what was your, what was your class number? Uh, 1036. 1036. You said your biggest challenge at the academy was just learning to be uncomfortable uncom- with being uncomfortable. And I think yes. that, uh, that does kind of nail a lot of it because even as a former Marine going there and I was used to the yelling and all the you know the harassing and that kind of thing that they did you know to kind of get you prepped 
But I remember when I was working the mat room and I was trying to handcuff somebody and my PT instructor was like, Maza, you know, say it with huevos. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, I guess I'm, you know, I don't, what do I know, right? But uh, I, remember, I remember that vividly because, I, you know, you have to really learn how to, that command presence and assert yourself. Mm-hmm. So I do understand that part of it. So you got through academy good. You freaking got ended up going through college in the academy. I still, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that. <laughs> yeah, and, um, I, I, there was a lot of people that thought I was gonna fail either school or, or the academy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was almost like a suicide mission there, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you did it. Yep, well, I that, did it. That's excellent. So now you graduate. You reported. Where did you report to? I went to the Laredo North Station. Mm-hmm. That was, I think I had expectations of what I thought it would be like. Mm-hmm. And then I got there and in a way it was totally different than what I expected, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. It, it's a checkpoint station. It's a lot of ranch work, a lot of highways. But when I got there, I mean, it was... I don't know I, it, it was just like one of those like fulfilled dreams you know like hey i made it like i'm here you know <laughs> and and what was it like walking uh, walking into that first muster oh man it was super nerve-wracking <laughs> um i hate like full attention on me and then that's all you get as a trainee you know because you're the new guys and so of course as soon as we walk into the muster room you know you hear you know, I'll see your guys from the back, and <laughs> and you you hear all this, and it was it was super nerve wracking, but um, but I was just ha- I was ecstatic to be there. Did they make you sit all right in the very front there in the muster room? Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> yes, they made us sit in front uh, at the checkpoint. Whenever we hit the line, we weren't allowed to. Uh, they had their little traditions, you know. You had to stay outside the whole time. You had to use different restrooms and senior agents. Like. <laughs> It was it was it was a good time. It was fun. And what was uh, what was the FTO like there for you? My FTO my FTO was Evis Mireles, mm-hmm. and he was he was a great FTO because he was uh, coming from the academy where everything was so you know the adrenaline was always high and you know we were getting yelled at and things like that. He was very calm, so it, it felt a little bit more relaxing to be able to learn the area the way that he would explain things to us he just took a very more he took you know a little bit more relaxed approach so it, it felt it felt good to have him as fto I, I felt like i was able to to learn a lot from him well, that's good and you said a little you talked a little bit about what the work was like checkpoint and ranch so tell me a little bit about your initial experiences going out into the field and doing that stuff well I'll tell you what, I came from El Paso, which has 0%, well, not 0%, but has very minimal humidity. Mm -hmm. So my first summer in Laredo was rough. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they have crazy humidity. Um, That heat is is something else. Um, Working the checkpoint, that checkpoint is almost like a a port of entry. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's nonstop traffic through that port of entry, or through the uh, checkpoint. The ranches, we have so many ranches. And, you know, most of our manpower goes to the checkpoint. So you're, you know, you're, you're tracking pretty much a group, the whole shift or whatever it is. But honestly, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, tracking, I learned to love tracking. I love to learn leaving a nice drag and then, you know, getting yourself a nice cut. Uh, all those, that was like very relaxing to me. I really enjoyed finding you know your me time and those kinds of things <laughs> yes yeah absolutely i mean it's almost it's almost zen isn't it yes it is it really is <laughs> especially a, fre- a fresh drag and you know then looking at that brand new sign going across it it's um, it's like wow it gets yeah. doesn't get any better than that definitely <laughs> well that's good well uh, tell me a little bit about any personal stories out there you know that uh, that you've experienced so let's see i have i have one well, I have a few, but I remember I was on my way to the checkpoint with a senior agent. So we usually shuttle ourselves up to the checkpoint. And um, usually it's four of us in a unit, but for whatever reason, they assigned me to go with a senior agent. So he drives up. We're on midnights. He drives up to the checkpoint. We work our shift. And then on the way back, he's like, hey, you drive back. So I'm like, okay. And uh, I get behind the unit. I get in the unit. Uh, we're driving to Tahoe. And as we're driving southbound to the station, <clears throat> I noticed that 
the the vehicle feels weird. Doesn't feel doesn't feel right. So I turn to the agent and I and I let him know, um, hey, the the unit that feels kind of weird it feels off and he's like well it was fine when i drove it so i'm like okay let me be quiet <laughs> let me just be quiet and keep driving yeah. so we're driving and there's a vehicle that missed the drop off to drop off some some bodies there they forgot to they missed the drop off so then they start going southbound so they call it out they say hey who's who's you know the most southbound agent and it happened to be us so my buddy who at the time wasn't my friend but now he's a good friend of mine Godin, he's like hey He's like, you're certified, right? I said, yes, I'm certified. And he's like, okay. He's like, I'm going to control the radio. He's like, you just worry about keeping up. I'm like, all right, let's go. So as soon as the car passes us, go, 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 go. So I'm driving, and uh, we get into the pursuit with this vehicle, and I'm chasing it, chasing it. We go all the way to 13-mile marker, and we take this exit at a pretty high rate of speed, and we start fishtailing. No. And I, I remember him going to reach for the steering wheel and i just yell at him i got it i got it <laughs> so i managed to get us out of the fishtail and then we we take it all the way to the gas station the car bails out and then you know everybody gets there we're able to get all everybody uh that bailed out from the vehicle and then we take it back to the station and when you get back to the station godin calls me he's like nunez come here and i go and he shows me that the whole that they the rear tire is flat completely flat what <laughs> so he tells me he's like holy crap nunez we could have died he said, i will <laughs> never doubt you again and he gave me a high five and he was like good shit nunez i will never doubt you again <laughs> and so we pretty much did that whole thing on a flat tire <laughs> unbelievable yeah that, that's so funny i remember but actually do remember my my very first time i got into a high-speed pursuit my journeyman was uh serge pimentel and i had control of the radio he was driving and i'm just yelling into the radio oh he's you know he's speeding he's swerving across to the other lane and he looked he just gets goes over puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes just talk just take a <laughs> breath and just tell him what you see but just talk, like calm down, right? Because I'm like, that's the first time for me. So I mean, it's just, you know, it's amazing, you know, when you first experience that, it's even like hard to believe that someone's running away from you. Oh, yeah. You know? My adrenaline was there for at least two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll never forget that. And I mean, after that time, me and that guy, Godin, we became really good friends. Just solely based on, I guess, almost dying together. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it, it, that's true. I mean, the, the, the strongest friendships even like in the 20 almost 25 years i've been in the strongest friendships i've had have been the ones with the field you know those strong field experiences yeah for sure uh, and it's so it's so hard to explain the experiences to other people but it's like you just have that bond that you'll never forget with that person you know yes yes and i'm sure there's many 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 times that has happened and so what was your kind of what did you fall into you know a lot of agents end up kind of specializing or, or falling into the stuff that they love. You know, sometimes it's, you know, chasing vehicles out on the highway or it's tracking and cutting. What did you fall into that you ended up liking the most? Oh, um, I think I fell into more I liked tracking a lot. A lot of the a lot of the buddies that I made were all some of the main trackers out Laredo North mm -hmm. and they just kind of adopted me into their little group. Well that's a, <laughs> and, that's an honor. Yes. And so I learned a lot from them. They they uh, they really pushed me. They would answer all my questions, you know. And you're you're walking with somebody for you know ten hours, and you bond with them. And so I really learned to love tracking. So that was probably one of my favorite things. I actually have a, a good story, a good tracking story. Well, I'm ready. <laughs> so I had um those, those same guys that kind of adopted me. Uh, one in particular, his name is Almaraz. And I don't know, that guy and I always got into some crazy stuff. But there was one time that we we cut some sign of a group down at the river. And so we just kept walking it and walking it. And this was on a midnight shift. So, you know, we cut this group maybe like 1030. And then we tracked it all the way to one of the roads where we did have some help at that time. We had a couple of people cutting ahead. And then... People didn't believe so that the group was still going, but Almaraz was so sure that the group 
you know, hadn't been picked up and that they were still still long hauling. Mm-hmm. So I, I always trust on one off, so I'm like, well, let's go, right? So we start, we keep tracking. Long story short, we run into another group on the way. Him and I, him and I are walking, and I'm like, hey, did you hear that? And he's like, uh, no, I, I didn't. And I was like, I, I heard, like, I heard something. He's like, oh, it's probably animal. And I'm like, no, no, like, I can hear something. So he's like, all right, let's go, Gabby. So we go, and then we run into another group that was asleep. Wow. So we get, we get that group. We have somebody come pick it up. And about then, how many? Uh, that one was about three. Oh, 30? No, three, three. Oh, three, no, not three. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that one was like a, a group of three. That they, I think they had been left behind the group, and they were sleeping there. So we, we got those guys, and then we kept on our original group. We checked our original group all the way till about 9.30 in the morning. What? Wow. We didn't have any water. We were exhausted. We were brush walking the whole way. We had already hopped into, I don't know how many different ranches. Yeah. And then we finally get our group at 9.30 in the morning. I think it was a group of about maybe eight. Yeah. And so we, we get our group, and while we're waiting for transport, we start noticing that we have these little red dots all over ourselves. Ah. <laughs> and then before we know it, we start realizing, holy crap, we hit a tick's nest. So we got infested with ticks. Both I mean, covered? we covered. We easily had 100 ticks per person on us. Like we, my, my partner on Moss, he pulled off like 135 ticks from him. Oh. I had probably about 100 ticks. There was another guy with us. He had a bunch of ticks. So we get to the station. We strip down to our BP tuxes. Mm-hmm. And we, we start pulling ticks off of each other. I mean, we, we all got sick for like a week or two. But like, they, they had bit, bit in and everything? <laughs> yep, they had bit in. I had a tick stuck on my head for like three days that I guess I had missed. It was... Unbelievable! I've never seen so many ticks on one person. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've been covered in ticks, but I think the the most I've ever pulled off of myself was like the twenty something. You know, it, it stuck in my belt. Eventually, I lost all my hair, so I, I could catch it real easy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but man, that is incredible. And so you guys, you you guys ended up getting sick from all those from from being bit from so many ticks. We did. Um, we got my partner. He he got really sick. He's like allergic to tick bites, so he got really sick. Um, and then the myself and my other partner, we got sick maybe for a few days. And then I ended up being sick because the tick was still stuck on my head. But uh, but I'll never forget that. But we got the group. <laughs> hey, you got the group. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, the story, the true story is three, that you caught the three extra aliens there on the way to get the other ones. But in yes. about 10 years, it'll be 30. I probably be thirty. <laughs> <laughs> the stories tend to grow a little bit, you know. But you, yeah. you, know, you didn't get Lyme disease from it. Uh, my partner did. Oh, oh. I I got the. I guess I was the lucky one from that batch, but my partner did. My gosh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it was it was it was bad. I mean, we were out of water. We were tired. You know, we got covered in ticks. It was late. I mean, it was pretty much everything. <laughs> Thank goodness it didn't rain. I think that would have been the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, but you got the group, man. That's so all we that got counts. the group. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, well, that's great. Yeah, it was a good time. I had Laredo North taught me a lot. I mean, I always say Laredo North raised me. I mean, I thought I had tough skin, and these yeah. guys really taught me how to have tough skin. <laughs> and and they, I mean, I learned a lot from from people from agents at Laredo North, and they they really set my foundation for the kind of agent I was going to be. Was your dad still working during this time, or was he already retired? No, my father retired in December of 2008. Uh-huh. So my brother went to Laredo South, and I went to Laredo North, which is basically the area that my father worked when he was an agent. Oh, okay. Because he, he started in Laredo in 1985. So back then, it was just Laredo. There was no, you know, North and South. It was just kind of all together. And then I think they finally made Laredo North. I think in 1987. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, you know, I would call my dad when I get home from work, and he'd ask me what area I worked, and he'd tell me all his stories from that area. You know, he's like, "Oh, I remember there." You know, even my first pursuit. Actually, he was visiting when I got home late. He was waiting up for me, and I told him I got into my first pursuit, and he gave me a big old hug. 
he's like, man, I remember those days and, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, I, I bet he couldn't be more proud. Yes, he was definitely proud. So on a, on a little side note, who's the best sign cutter in the family? Uh, I'm probably going to give it to my dad, definitely. Uh, <laughs> a good answer. <laughs> yes, I'm definitely going to give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. And so you ended up, you know, working point, working, you know, cutting the sign and doing all that great stuff that, that makes this job just, you know, the best job on the planet. And mm -hmm. um, how did you begin to progress in your in your work in the in the patrol during that time? In regards to what you mean? like, what did you start getting into? Uh, you know, uh, uh, did you start joining special units? Well, I feel like I'm still trying to find my niche. Mm -hmm. I, I like doing a little bit of everything. <laughs> So I feel like I'm always trying to find something that's, I guess, challenging. Yeah. Um, I did put in for the brush unit like three times, but I never got it. <laughs> uh, I always got outbeat by the senior agents. But I, I would end up working with the brush crew anyways. I put in for border community liaison unit. So I did that for about a year, which was really fun because it was a brand new program at North. Yeah. So they pretty much said, here, Gabby, run with it. I, I got there and I just had to start thinking of things and then they threw in my partner Johnny Santos and together me and him I think we're able to really set a good foundation for the BCL unit at North and so that was a lot of fun for me because it wasn't just you know typical going to elementary schools it, you know and, and telling about our job or things like that it was like really reaching out to the community and you know and even to the station because our agents are the community yeah so I had a lot of fun with that I got into honor guard and I got into recruiting. How long, uh, how long into, did you do honor guard? Uh, I'm still doing it. Oh, you're still uh, in the honor guard. That's good. Yes. I've been doing honor guard since 2018. Uh-huh. I remember I was like, there's no way I'll ever join honor guard. My, my father was an honor guard agent and, uh, our honor guard member. And I was like, there's no way I, was like, I can't march to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I remember my commander, my deputy commander, uh, De La Garza and, Rios, they told me, they're like, don't worry, Gabby, we can fix you. I'm like, are you sure? Because there's a lot of fixing that needs to be done. And they're like, yes, we can fix you. I'm like, okay. So I put in for Honor Guard, and lo and behold, they did fix me. And I fell in love with Honor Guard, and so now I've been doing it since 2018. I'm very gratified to hear that because when I started the sector chaplaincy program in San Diego, I worked closely with the Honor Guard the whole time. And I always made sure before any ceremony that we did, whether it was a line of duty death or a memorial or anything, I'd go into the honor guard, you know, where, where they were, and I'd have them just pour through my uniform, make sure that it was, you know, 100%. Yes. And those guys ended up, you know, they would, they would straighten me out. They would find, you know, sometimes I was missing a star or whatever it was. They have, of course, mm -hmm. they have all that stuff stashed there. So they they would end up getting me you know preparing me and make sure I was 100% before we got started. So I have a special love for Honor Guard and <laughs> and what it, and what it stands for as well, right? It means so much to the families because I deal with the families after, right? Like you know mm -hmm. you're there at the ceremony, you are off, uh, you know you're doing Honor Watch, you're doing all these things, but I see them afterwards, and the effect that you guys have on them is incredible. Definitely, yeah. Sometimes. I don't, I guess because we're so busy prepping mm -hmm. to make sure that, that we give such a, an honorable, you know, goodbye to, to our, our fallen agents that, uh, and you kind of have this mindset because you don't want to be affected by the emotions, you know? Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, you don't get to, I guess, see the effects that you have on the family and things like that. I'm super thankful for what Honor Guard does, definitely, and for for chaplaincy and peer support. I mean, those are those are tough jobs. They are, yeah. For the for the people that are committed and dedicated to it, it it, it is a full time job. Mm -hmm. Along with your regular is. duties, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got into Honor Guard. I actually, I am peer support also. Um, I think peer support helped prepare me for Honor Guard. I could see that. Mentally, you know, being at a funeral and, and dealing with things like that. Um, so I, I got into those things, um, and I, I really enjoy it. And then I transferred uh, to McAllen Station. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my, I spent a, like over, a little bit over a year in McAllen Station, and I feel like my whole time there is a giant war story. <laughs> <laughs> How, why is that? I, I mean, for me, I had only 
we've seen the influxes of aliens, you know, on the news, and we would get some buses from RGV to Laredo, but at Laredo North in particular, I don't know about the other Laredo stations, uh, it's not very common that you run into family units. So when I got to McAllen, I mean, it was right at the peak of the influx. I remember them showing me, giving me area orientation, and I saw like a large group, and I was already halfway out the unit about to start chasing them. And then the FTO showing me around, what his name was Olbin, he tells me, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, <laughs> relax, relax. And he just, you know, rolls up to them all nonchalant and tells them where to go. And uh, and I just looked at him astonished, like, what the heck? Either this guy has magic powers, or, <laughs> you know, what? I don't understand because everybody, you know, they usually run. So I was like, what the heck? And he's like, he's like, Gabby, here. He's like, you know, we deal with a lot of family units and they pretty much already know the drill. You just point them in the right direction. They have a tent set up, table set up to write, you know, to intake them. And that's pretty much it. And Man. I was amazed. I mean, in one day I wrote up maybe like 250 people by myself. Wow. And then the other agents that were there with me, they're writing their own 250 people, 250 people. And I've never seen so many bodies at one time, you know, within one shift. So that was amazing to me. And then, I mean, McAllen Station was holding over 3,000 bodies, you know, 3,000 people. And they, I mean, the station holds 350. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and everybody was adapting to that. And then the traffic in McAllen was so fast. Like, you could not track a group longer than an hour if, because you're already getting burned by three other groups. <laughs> wow. And so that was amazing to me because Laredo North was, you know, a lot more. You kind of spend your time tracking one or two groups. You know, here it was group after group after group. And it was it was like chaos, but it like fun chaos, you know, it was, yeah. it was incredible. I was so thankful to go to McAllen and that station, you know, they welcomed me and, and I learned a lot from that station. I, I had a blast. <laughs> so besides, besides the traffic that was just giving up family units, right? And all those people, you still had your traffic that was bringing in dope and, and, uh, the ones that didn't want to get caught by you guys. Oh yeah. I mean, it was group after group after group you're barely cutting one group and then there's already three crossing and you're like holy crap <laughs> and you don't even know what to do with you know like do i stay here do i go to the next one you're like yeah. oh crap you know and yeah. you just it's it's beautiful chaos <laughs> yeah i like the way you put it yeah, because i remember times early in my career when we'd muster four people uh, four or five people and then have to cover all this area and basically, you'd catch your, you know, catch one or two groups or work whatever. But then you just go and cut groups that you just couldn't even get to. Yes. Yeah. Well, this I'm, was I'm just... glad to hear that you guys are experiencing something. I mean, it, you, that's not happening everywhere. But you know, Texas has always been unique in in mm -hmm. in, in, in all that stuff. But it's it's uh, it's uh, you know, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised, but I guess you know, it's good to hear that there's still that kind of work being done by PAs out there. You know, in, in all the different areas. Oh, definitely. I mean, McAllen is a monster. <laughs> like I said, my whole time there, I feel like it's just one giant war story. Yeah. I mean, I had never, I had never worked cornfields. I had never worked sugarcane fields. I had never worked orchards. And you just get thrown into that stuff, and it's it's amazing. I mean, the the McAllen agents are, I mean, they're definitely a unique group of individuals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess that what I'm trying to say is, I guess, is that it's good to know that. Uh, that that kind of that you youngsters are still experiencing that kind of work. Oh yes, it's it's definitely it's fun though. I am glad I, I got to McAllen to experience that. <laughs> For a little side note, I, I got a hold of you because you came highly recommended by a lot of people that basically said you know you are they they know you as a hard worker as a tracker a lot of adventures in the field you know that you're a you're a solid agent and I wanted to ask you just you know briefly. Have you had any challenges in particular that uh, being a female agent? So the way I like to look at it is that I'm not a female agent. Mm -hmm. I like to look at it as I'm just an agent. Yeah. And that's pretty much how, how I like to look at it. You know, if you ask me what it's like being an agent, you know, I'll tell you it's, it's challenging. It's full of adrenaline rushes. You know, it's, it's full of people that you'll never forget, you know, 
And so as an agent, you know, there's so many different challenges. But yes. but I, I also haven't gone through what some other female agents have. Like, for example, I've never had, I, I don't have any children yet. So I haven't been through that experience that, and I, watching some of the females that I know that, you know, have gone through pregnancy and then after, you know, I hold them to a higher tier because I can't imagine, you know, becoming a mom i mean i want to become a mom but i I can't imagine all the work that they put in Mm -hmm. to still showing up being a badass agent and then going home and being a mom you know yeah so i i haven't experienced that um i could tell you what though gil a hard life to live is trying to find a place to use the restroom (laughs) (laughs) i will tell you that is a hard life to live (laughs) you have to know exactly what is in that area before you go use a restroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that I can imagine. You, I could tell you stories after story after story of the different things I had to adjust to out in the field when you don't have, you know, mountain money or toilet paper or you don't, you know, have any convenient place to go or whatever. But yeah, yeah for you guys, it's got to be a whole different ball game. Yeah, I used to tell if I wrote to the partner, I'd be like, hey, after you use a restroom, I'll tell you when to stop. And they would be like, okay. So I would just be scanning, scanning. I'd be like, okay, stop, stop, stop. And then, poof, I'm out the door. <laughs> going to go find my spot. But it, it is a very hard life to live. You have to you have to be comfortable with it. And then, you know, you have to know exactly what area you're in. Yeah. So was, I think that's challenging. That's definitely challenging for a female. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I know that uh, I have worked, you know, I have track groups for hours with female agents. All, you know, fine agents in the field. Better than me. And, uh. Yeah, there have been times when I'd be like, I had to, I had to stand guard, and they'd go do their thing. But they, you know, they adjusted, and they were out in the field doing it. You know, like, and it wasn't even like a pause for them. They just, yeah. they just adapted and overcame. Yep, and um, I think certain things, as much as you know, you want to be considered an agent, and we are. I mean, I, I speak for myself when I feel like I, I have the respect of you know my fellow peers. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, you know, you get the, oh, you know, you got that job because you're female or no offense, but it's because you're female. So I think sometimes that's challenging to hear. Yes. But then you realize that not everybody thinks like that, you know. And so it's just one of those you just kind of got to brush off and just keep going. You know, as long as you're you're proving yourself as an agent, then I don't see, you know, what's the issue. I know when I got to North. I, they hate when I call them this, but I call them my moms <laughs> and, and uh, all the senior female agents at North. I mean, they kind of took me in and, yeah. and they, they really showed me, you know, heart and and kindness and grit. And, you know, so I, I held, you know, the Laredo North senior female agents, you know, to a high standard and they were, they, I held them to a higher, I guess, standard in my head where I, I loved them so much, you know, and, and they showed me a lot. And then when I got to McAllen Station, same thing. I mean, those McAllen ladies, they took me in and they, as much as you like to say you're, you're an agent, female agents, I feel like sometimes are in a whole nother world where they are just incredible. Is there any you can you can mention? Give an honorable yeah, I mean, mention to? I have Zaira, Osuna, Bots, Colby. Those are from Laredo North. Then from McAllen, I had uh, Maria, I had Aubrey, I had Courtney Bouchard, mm-hmm. and also to my spirit animal, Lucrecia. Just to name a few, I mean, there was incredible ladies. I mean, Claudia Castillo. I, I learned so much from all of these females. I mean, they, they really did teach me a lot. And uh, even even not even from my sex from my stations. I mean, Joyce. You have Mirna here at the academy. She's an incredible lady. Mm-hmm. Joyce, Crystal Portillo. I run on a Baker to Vegas team. All of those ladies on that team are incredible. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. I, I love meeting other female agents because I always learn from them. Yeah. Early on in my career, I decided that I was I was not going to let anything get me down, and I wasn't going to focus on the negative parts of my experiences and so I've always managed to maintain a positive attitude and always love this job. I have gotten to the dark side a couple of times as some agents would attest but I've never mm-hmm. been I've been, I've been disgruntled maybe for a, a short amount of time once in my career but that's it. I 
think that people that have that mindset keep the patrol going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes what we do is, is hard work and, and, you know, there's a lot of factors against us. And you just need that one positive person that keeps the shift going, you know, that keeps Agreed. keeps everyone going. Agreed. I remember I used to get off midnights and I would be like, good morning, good morning, good morning. And everyone would be like, <laughs> Nunez, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to adjust my good morning the morning just to, you know, just to cover all the bases. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think it's important to stay positive in our job. I yeah. mean, the minute you get disgruntled, I mean, you've already lost, you know, and, and I understand that things are challenging, but at the end of the day, I mean, this is an incredible career. I mean, it's the people in it are great. You know, the stuff that you get to do is great. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I mean, I'm, if you ask anybody, they always tell you I'm, I'm a little goofy, spunky person. Um, and just cause I love, I love showing up to work every day. I mean, it's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> That's great. Now, you ended up marrying an agent. I did. I did marry an agent. It was not love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best stories. Yes. Uh, my husband and I knew each other for four years, and we never thought of each other like that. Yeah. And then, I don't know, one day it just finally clicked for both of us where we're like, hey, I could actually see myself dating that person. And... Now we've been together for going on four years, and we've been married for two. Well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Pretty soon uh, you'll be looking back at 35 years like me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it gets better and better if you know if you maintain the attitude that you have, it gets better and better. Now, I, I heard there was something interesting about your wedding cake. Oh, yes. So have you seen those Funkos that they make? Yeah. Uh, there's an agent out of Laredo. And he makes uh, custom Funkos, uh, 10-8 Funko, if you want to follow it on Instagram. And he designed our Funkos as a uh, Border Patrol agent. So my my Funko, the top half was a bride. No, the top half was, was like the dress uniform and the bottom half was like the wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> and then for my husband, his was like full full dress uniform um and so those were our uh our cake toppers uh, i actually can send you a picture they came out really nice oh that's great that's great and so no so no bp tucks for him for the for the wedding no no bp tucks <laughs> <laughs> uh that's excellent now i wanted to ask you a few questions as we wind down here a little bit First of all, I wanted to ask you what are, what's your what, what's your goals from that? I know you're you're teaching Spanish in the academy. You're enjoying that very much. And uh, what what are your goals as you look forward into your career? So I think if whatever I do in my career, if I'm able to get the right experience and you know the right credentials and all that, I think my end goal would I would like to become a chief one day. Mm. Um, whatever kind of chief, a chief, you know, whether it's a sector chief or, you know, something like that, I think that would be one of my end goals, but I think my more, I guess, you know, next immediate 15, goals? not necessarily immediate, but like more near than chief would be, I, uh, I really enjoyed seeing how a pack affects a station. Mm -hmm. I mean, really it starts from there. And, and it totally affects, you know, your supervisors and then affecting your shift and all of that. And so I would really, really love, and this is based on good packs that I've had, that I've experienced the difference, you know, when when we don't have a permanent pack to, like, having one. Mm -hmm. and, and I could tell the morale of the station change and all that. So I would like to, I think, get to a pack where I could control or at least help influence the morale of the station and really, you know, be the forefront of how my station is going to be run. Yeah. So I, I think I've, I've really kind of buckled down on, on that is something that I definitely would like to achieve. Oh, that's an excellent goal. <laughs> Thank you. A, um, a kind of a side note question. Uh, I was asked to ask you who your favorite roommate was at the academy and to be careful how you answer. So, I got to the academy, and 
roommate. I got paired up with this girl named Jessica Ramirez. Uh, and let me tell you, this trouble. girl, this girl, <laughs> no, honestly, me and her are complete <laughs> opposites. They're complete opposites. And it worked so well. I mean, I learned a lot from her. I like to think that she learned a lot from me. She really made living with someone, you know, fun and, and easy. And, uh, I mean, it turned into lifelong friends. I mean, I have a lot of memories with Jessica. And I'm proud of her, you know, the things that she's been accomplishing um, in her career. Mm-hmm. And But it was a trip. I mean, that girl, that girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know what? We made friends a while back, and uh, she has been a, such a strong and positive influence in, in to me as well. Another question I have for you is, Whataburger or In-N-Out? You know what? I'm a huge fan of In-N-Out. Oh. And I always get crap from all the Texans, <laughs> yeah. but I love In-N-Out. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you know, uh, that doesn't change what I think about you too much. Too much, no. What? Aren't, aren't you an In-N-Out, In-N-Out fan? You're I'm from in California. California. You're right. I'm in California, but man, I, any chance I, I travel to get Whataburger, I will take it. I go to Arizona to visit my family. What's one of mm-hmm. my first stops is Whataburger, so. Wow. I don't know what it is. I think when I lived away from Texas, I craved Whataburger, and now that I'm here, I crave In-N-Out. <laughs> it's probably the case, because it, you almost it's not like it's one is better than the other, I think. I think it's just what you're in the mood for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, definitely. as we wind down, one of the reasons that I wanted to have this interview with you is to get this, you know, to get your story uh, for Women's History Month, because even though you may not, you're still going to be part of the history of the people that are down the line. In other words, you're, you're part of the history of the legacy you've received before you, right, of the, the female agents that started out in 1975 and uh, have carved their way through, uh, you know, some have become chief of the border, all the way up to chief of the border patrol, you know, and so they've reached all these historical uh, milestones, and whether you know it or not, you are carving history right now for the people that are coming behind you, and 10 years, 20, 30 years from now, they will be doing a Women's History Month and remembering some of your exploits, especially when you become chief. So if, if, not, I, I, I don't, I, honestly, I don't say if, but, uh, and I'm sure everybody that knows you will say the same thing. Is there anything you'd like to speak to in regards to future agents coming in or anything you'd like to say as we close, you know, any kind of parting words to the women that are applying right now to come into the patrol? Well, first I'd like to start by saying thank you to all the agents that have Really, I'm here because of them. I mean, I got myself, you know, into the Border Patrol, but they really taught me how to be an agent. Mm-hmm. Female and male. I mean, they both taught me different things. And I I have so much gratitude. And I feel like I've spoken my gratitude to these agents. I mean, supervisors, PACs, DPACs, you know, fellow agents that have really taught me a lot. And I mean, they've pushed me out of my comfort zone. They've challenged me. You know, they they believed in me. They they just really taught me everything that I you know that I know thus far. Even starting from my dad, you know. Yes. And um, so my my thing is just thank you to to everyone who has you know touched my life and and helped me become you know the agent and and now I experience it being being an instructor at the academy. You know, some of the ways that I've learned from these agents. Now I'm teaching you know these trainees what I've learned from all these wise and and crazy funny you know agents that first i just like to start with that you know thank you to all of them yeah and um to incoming agents i mean if you want to be here you're going to be here and you are going to enjoy every minute of it i mean the camaraderie is beyond is out of this world mm-hmm. i mean you really make lifelong brothers and sisters in this job we really do support each other and have each other's backs. Even if you don't like each other, you know, at the minute that you're in trouble, that person's going to be there for you. Yeah. I I would just say, encourage you, you know, if it, you're thinking about law enforcement, I mean, Border Patrol is so unique and just not to be scared of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to hit you full force, but you're going to be okay. I mean, it's, you're never going to forget all the things that you go through, bad and good. 
And so I would just encourage, I mean, I wish more, more, you know, females would join. I mean, it, it definitely, there is a minority of us mm. and it would be great to see more because I'll tell you what, when, you know, when we all get together and we support each other, not just as females, but just as agents. And it's, it's just love that you've never felt. <laughs> oh yeah. Superheroes are stronger it, together. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so I, I would just encourage, you know, if you're thinking of a job in law enforcement, I mean, join the Border Patrol. I promise you it will be the most unique job that you ever work. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. Best job I ever had. Yep. <laughs> and, and I can say that, you know, almost 25 years later, you know, as I'm winding down my career, I can, I, I can say that. And it's so funny that while so many things change, so many things remain the same and the core and spirit and the things you talked about in about the patrol regardless of where you're at and you know not everybody's in a good spot in the patrol not anybody's in a good detail or in a good station whatever for, for many different reasons for they struggle in different ways but uh, there is something to be said about uh, all the things you mentioned you know that deep friendship and camaraderie and brothers and sisters and all those things that never changes no nope. And well, congratulations to you that you're on your way to retirement. I'm sure you're excited for that. I sure Sad, am. but excited. <laughs> I sure am. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was an honor for us to sit here with you and listen to your story and experiences. And, I, and I'm sure that a lot of people are going to be very inspired by your words. And uh, especially, you heard it here first at Old Patrol HQ. You were talking to a future chief, so... <laughs> but you know what the, you. one of the main reasons we we wanted to reach out to you is because again you do have that deep respect of your peers as being a solid dependable field agent you know and and, and that that street cred you have to earn mm -hmm. or field cred i should say yeah. well thank you very much i honestly it was a it was an honor that you reached out to me I'm just glad that, you know, I get to to tell my story and and I'm really telling other people's stories because they taught me everything I know. So <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All Stay right. safe out there. You too. This concludes our interview with Gabby Jimenez, class 1036 out of Artesia. She started out in Laredo North, then transferred to McAllen and is now a supervisory instructor at the academy. She comes from a legacy of Border Patrol agents and yet has managed to make her own unique mark in the patrol and earning the respect of her peers. While she may not be Old Patrol yet, she represents the best and brightest in the future of this agency, thus honoring the history, heritage, and legacy of the female agents who came before her. Please take a look at all our official Old Patrol gear offered exclusively at Old Patrol HQ. Go to Old Patrol HQ at BigCartel.com. Please share these podcasts with everyone in the patrol. We can learn so much about how things are done in the old and new patrol and enjoy our rich history, heritage, and legacy that we all share with a few shenanigans along the way. Honor first, honor always. Mm -hmm.